Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Dadnamic, the uh, the podcast where we, a uh, bunch of um, young young dads, all get together and give our opinions on things that nobody asked us about. Um, my name's Luke Lyons. I'm going to be your host for this evening. I'm joined by the wonderful uh, Mr. Paul Smith. Say hello, Mr. Paul. Hello. That was a rather brazen introduction for you. It was, you know, I, I, I figured I would try and keep it nice seeing as it's just me and you, you know, I've got to keep you on side a little bit for the ribbing that, that I, no doubt will happen later. Um, and not just that, you're not wearing any form of, that I can see, designer gear that's not Paul Smith, so. No, I, I've got one of those labels where, actually, it looks familiar. It's like two crosses and then a few letters. It's probably something. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, it's probably just something, man. Are you being Usually, being you're you're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good, remarkably average, sir. How about you? Uh, I'm remarkably average as well. Um, congratulations, because Paul's just got himself a, just about to start a new job um, on Monday. So we've got to give credit where credit's due. So well, well done for that. Um, and it, it's such a shame that it's only me and you this evening. Man. I think. Uh, Kieran's working this evening. I'm not quite sure if, where Nathan is, but um, going to try and just crack on as we can. Um, yeah. It's been an eventful week. Let's be honest. It's just, it's, 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 what did something happen? It is something happened. Many things have happened throughout the week. We've had, we've had oh god, come on. It all started even like last week. Things were in the news, but the main talking point has got to be the Oprah Winfrey um, interview between Meghan Markle. Uh, and Oprah, and to be quite honest with you, the little caveat that they have at the end with, with Prince Harry, you know, nobody cares about the ginger one at the end. You know, it's all about the it's all about the caramel princess. Um, <laughs> and the, the the fallout that happens after, um, such a mixed bag of like things that have happened within that just like hour or so interview with, with Oprah Winfrey. What what was your takeaway from it all? Because it was such a there are people who are just polarized on opinions for this. It's it's really difficult one, ain't it? it I, I mean, obviously the world became talking about it. Um, I didn't watch yeah. it the, the day it came out. I watched it the next day. I think it was. Um, and yeah, when I was watching it, it was one of those weird things where you felt the lure and you sort of knew where things were going to go. But even then, when, once you started to release bombshell after bombshell after bombshell, I mean, the whole thing about the titles and stuff like that, it's very, um, it was almost underwoven with, with you know, the, the tones that you sort of half expected. And then it's to lead up to the point of talking about what colour is the baby going to be. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the point. It was almost like, you know, if you watch that without hearing anything beforehand, you're the built and going, you know, is it, is it, are they really going to go there? And then it hits there and you're like, yeah, this somehow it was amazingly surprising and not surprising at all. Yeah. Because I think we, so. we've managed to see, you know, the likes of, of, of Philip and, and things like that, where um, there's been racial comments. The whole are amazing. Yeah. I get, there's been things. That's the thing. We found it amazing. But it yeah. was it was like your granddad, and I mean this yeah. in a nice special way because they were brought up in a different time. And I know this 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 is used so much so much and so often, where people say they're from a different time, 
you know, um, and, and the predecessors of what they used to call things like the corner shops. Yeah. Stuff, simple as that. And people almost built it into, you know, they're that generation, they're that old, it's fine like that. And then to hear these sort of things come down, and they didn't say it was him, but to actually hear that question, and then... I mean, you know what you know, don't you? It, it, it's almost as if it's like you can picture it. It's not... The thing is, is that out of the entire interview, the fact that somebody within the royal household, whether it be a member of the royal family or somebody who just happens to work and is maybe a member of like i don't know media management or you know etiquette management or whatever it is you know to try and train these people how to be in society um has mentioned this that's not the most surprising thing because you can hear it it's like you said it's it's part of an old staple of society um there are very few things in our current our country that are you know haven't moved on with the times and i think the monarchy is one of them you know Mm -hmm. politics for me would be another one um but that's a whole separate issue of just being like you know why can't these things be sort of jettisoned into the 21st century um i think like you said it, it happens almost everywhere within a certain ilk of like you know age range or of british person um i funnily enough because in my, my line of work, I tend to actually, you know, these kinds of people without, you know, sounding too stereotypical, sorry, are, you know, within my line of work. So there are times where I stop and I talk to somebody who I've never spoken to before and they'll just turn around and, and make a, a racist comment and then quickly follow up with, but I'm not racist. You know, mm-hmm. Just... You've just turned around and completely, you know, degraded some before the race and then turned around and said, I'm not racist like that, I must make it fine. But it's not at all. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's like punching someone and going, I'm not violent. Yeah. It's always a but, isn't it? And, it, you know, although we say it's like these certain generations and things like that, and we all... You know, like for me, I'll go to, it feels like my granddad. Not because he was overly yeah. like that or anything like that. No. <clears throat> But, you know, that's the sort of common go-to. It doesn't mean it's right in any sense of the way, and I'm not, not going down those lines no. and going, I'll leave them be. No, 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 no. But, um, yeah, it I was want, strange. I, I just want to know whether, like I said, the media manager was or the, you know, the, the person who is you know, there to kind of help the royals in, you know, integrate in society, where they were in that conversation, whether, you know, with all due respect, if the if the rules were to come out and have uh, a mixed race baby, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that baby that that child is going to be seen as you know a little a little bit different from the rest of the royals. But that's with all due respect. It's just you know it could have sprout alien ears and it would still be different. It doesn't matter what color of the skin. Is. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that because we are living in this this society that is very much like you know can't. You have to be up on racism and you've got to be you know, sexism and you've all got to everyone's all got to get on board kind of thing that you know somebody somebody didn't sit there and go this would actually be good for the royal family this would be a, a good thing bring us forward into the, the 21st century i was thinking about this actually right in about 10 years time i think uh oh. prince 
Prince William's eldest will probably be about 16 years old. But don't get me wrong, we all know he's going to get the Eton College education. And we yeah. all know that he's going to get, you know, he might possibly look at doing the army and things like that. But how, you know, how, I don't want to say cool, cool is probably not the right word, but how sort of apt would it be if all of a sudden he became a TikTok star? Or, you know, big on Instagram or all this kind of stuff, just to bring himself and the royal family forward within that timeline. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's one of those weird things where, you know, I, I don't particularly follow the royals too much. Um, no. I don't understand all the family connections. I don't understand who gets titles or anything like that. All I know is the Queen's on the money and, and there's a couple of... <laughs> You know, like you said about growing aliens ears and stuff like that. Whenever you see Prince Charles come on, you're like, wow, you look like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it would be great to see. I mean, Jenny, it, the thing is, I know the way they view it. And like Megan kept talking about, there's a whole team around the rules. The rules are just the family. You've got the whole team around them that sort of get, keep yeah. everything together. And um, to sit there and you, you can imagine that if you couldn't get help with mental health support and things like that, because it wouldn't look right, but the whole thing about social media would be not nonsensical in terms of that. Like you would need a complete shift and change, like you yeah. had when around Diana times, because that was the first sort of bringing into you know becoming the people's princess and stuff like that. And I reckon Meghan would have gone along the same lines um, had she been given the right media treatment. But it's funny where you talk about politics and things like that. There is such a divide straight down the middle on the, on everything mm -hmm. at the moment. There is two sides, and that is it. You either fit in one or you fit in the other now. Exactly. There doesn't seem to yeah. be any cross, any cross conversations anymore. People are so stuck on, on that idea. And it's similar to it, you know, we spoke about social media and stuff like that. If I have this point of view, and I look for this point of view, I will only ever find this point of view. I won't see the other. Exactly. I'll have it drummed into me that my point is right. And um, I think, yeah, if you if you if you put into the undertones now of what of what what we all saw, it's bad. It's really bad. Yes, exactly. I mean, you, you touched on it there with them about you know uh, Meghan Markle basically came out and said that she she sort of had suicidal thoughts and tendencies, um, and there, I think that that's probably one of the biggest was one of the biggest divides this week because I, yeah, I think the world and their brother who don't even watch Good Morning Britain uh -huh. knew what happened with Piers Morgan and everything else. You know, the fact that he was storming off after being called out for, you know, yeah. all these different things. Um, I mean, what was your takeaway from it? Because I, I have a view, but it's... Uh, <laughs> the Piers Morgan style, style of it. Well, that, I mean... That uh, well, I mean, the, the, the entire vibe from the interview, especially when, uh, around the suicide event, thoughts and things. I, I mean, so the one thing that we've we've promoted it as well, and the one mm. thing that's been promoted for years, and, you know, ju just a quick segue where you, you sit there and look at this and go, I don't believe them or I do believe them. You had the mm. whole Prince Andrew situation and that disappeared very quickly. Like the whole, the whole paedophile thing that went on and stuff like that. It came and it went. Simple as that. That's all it did. Even though, yeah. regardless of what the whole situation was and stuff like that. But this whole thing, like, I don't believe them or 
somebody I, I remember reading the comment where someone went, if you're pregnant, why would you feel that way? Mm. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, like, people who suffer and people who listen to this will understand. You do not choose that. There's no, you no. know, we've gone through things. We've got kids. It doesn't make it any exactly. more difficult. It adds an extra yeah. layer of stress onto it. And, um, yeah, the whole thing, of course you have to believe someone. I, I, we, funny enough, in one of the first episodes we've done on this, um, if you haven't listened to it, you can find this all back on Spotify. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, one of the first questions I remember asking you is, if you see someone struggling, would you rather take one minute giving somebody attention who's just looking for attention and doesn't believe it, or would you miss them by and potentially not be able to help someone? It is better mm. to give that one minute of helping someone and them not needing it than it is to miss someone who does need it. And that, that's been yeah. my view. So the whole thing mm. about I don't believe her or anything like that, you're, you're, the point's over here <laughs> and you're over here. You're mm-hmm. on the completely wrong spectrum here. You know, you, you've, you've moved the subject away from what it is, exactly. what's going on in your yeah. family to should she be believed. Just come on. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's... it's um... I, I, I completely get that. Um, and to be honest with you, it's not... The, it, first of all, if you are that kind of person who's going to turn around and say, I have to suicide with tendency, but you don't, and you end up, you know, you end up just kind of playing on it. You're mm-hmm. the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. That's straight up that because, you know, that's not something that you mess around with, even if it is just to try and get, you know, the, the, the attention that you want. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, is that it's not down to me or to you or to Pierce Morgan or to, you know, anyone else. I sent you the video as well from the Australian Fox um, newscaster who really gave Megan a, uh, a proper scathing. It's not down mm-hmm. to him either to sit there mm-hmm. and say whether we believe her or not. The fact of the matter mm-hmm. is she obviously felt like she, need, you know, she obviously felt those feelings. What I would say, though, is a little caveat is that you cannot tell me that there hasn't been probably meetings with Meghan and Harry and Oprah Winfrey's staff members where they turned around and said, okay, tell me your story in the most boring way possible. Just tell me your story. We'll go through everything. We're going to go through everything with a little tooth comb and all that kind of stuff. But if you meant, and then after they've done that, they go, right, if you say this, we're going to paint you to be amazing. We're going to make sure that you are the poster child for X, Y, Z. You're going to be the new, you know, uh, people's hero and, and all this, all of this um, kind of thing. So while I disagree completely with what happened on Good Morning Britain and Pierce Morgan and even all the other ones who are sitting there saying, she's doing it to get attention or she's doing it just to downplay the boils and all this kind of stuff. I have to say well done to Megan for playing the game and playing it well because you know you, 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 you've used this to jettison yourself completely back into society and make yourself relevant again and it's been it's been very well played I mean for, for crying out loud Oprah Winfrey in America is revered as God for crying out loud she's amazing you know she can't do any wrong so you can't it it's not as if she decided to go on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She was there with Oprah, kind of yeah. thing. Um, 
we um obviously beforehand um we uh, before we do these things we come out um we have a little chat before uh, you know putting together an idea for what we can do in an episode and things and you mentioned something to me um briefly about a uh countercultural um a cancel culture sorry um cancel 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 culture that was it and um it's been found out about dr zeus um with you know racism and things like and and subtle racism within his books and things um i'm going to be honest with you i saw it as a little throwaway comment on a friend of mine's um uh, on a friend of mine's facebook and again that sparked a massive debate of how he was a massive racist and he was evil and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um Go, you just go into it a little bit more. What's, what, what exactly happened? Right. So this this primarily, and the one thing I will say, if we're, you know, the underlying of politics here comes in, is something mm. happens out in America, and the whole council cultures come up around the First Amendment, free speech, and all this, because of everything that happened out there with the insurrection and stuff like that. And it, anything that happens hit there is a very good key indicator for what is going to happen here within a few months. Um, mm. Thankfully, the Houses of Parliament haven't been raided and stuff like that, but then the people <laughs> that they like are in charge. Um, so it's, yeah, it's Ooh. out there at the moment. <laughs> out there at the moment, they have this whole, um, the transgender issues, the 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 uh, cisgender, I think it's called, and everything going on like that. And they've looked at Mr. Potato Head and they're talking about that. And, oh, um, yeah, they're trying, aren't they trying to just make it, potato head so yeah interchangeable for mr mrs or whatever yeah i i missed i missed that bit unfortunately i kept seeing potato head coming up and i was i didn't it wasn't one of those things where i was like i've got to read this oh god the the publisher decided to pull five or six books that had imagery in it so it wasn't the words or anything that was produced it was the imagery in it that depicted um the bane community and thing and women and things like that that they they didn't feel was was suitable for these times which mm. i completely understand they've turned it into this whole political thing saying that the left i.e for us the labor or for them the democrats are counseling things which it had nothing to do with politics it was the whole publisher and game of the times and now that translates over here where people bring up the subject and stuff like that the, th- the thing where we talk about the great divide uh, or I call it the great divide at the moment, is those on the left and those on the right, or those who fit into a certain primary opinion or uh, the other, or the opposing side. And everybody believes that their opinion is fact. Whereas if you, the, the thing is, it comes to this, the, the opinion, it no longer becomes the actual information. So if you look at the information there, the publisher has taken the books back. Now, whether they, whether they reproduce the imagery in a different way and then reproduce it, that's a totally different. That's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. It's nothing to do with Everyone sort of sat there and, and gone into this, this hyper mindset um, of like this is definitely a racist, you know, remark or a racist kind of, um, you know, picture or, or or whatever whatever it was. When you've got to bear in mind that that was one person's opinion mm-hmm. on something that has been out for many many years yeah i think you i think everyone forgets what opinion and fact mm-hmm. are you know we base our opinions upon facts we hear we can't make our opinions back yeah exactly 
Exactly right. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, and when you're looking at this sort of thing, <laughs> it, it, it does bug me because people, Mike Tyson put it the best where he described mm. social media. He goes, so many people have got used to being able to say what they want and not being punched in the face for it. And yeah. I think that I, I think that clears it up perfectly is that nobody is scared yeah. to say what they think anymore because they're behind the screen. Or am I like the same Kieran would say. It's definitely Saint Kieran. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 that at the moment, and things keep getting twisted and moved away from the thing. Whereas if you look at the facts, you look you look at those, and then if you look at America, and it's coming over here, where the people on the right who believe in the uh, in the First Amendment or free speech, whatever you want to call it. Also, anyone who um, starts to pull products, so say the Dr. Seuss stuff and things like that, hmm. they will then boycott that. Or like it's happened with Coca-Cola, with Pepsi, with, with things like that and certain adverts where they try and make gender equality and stuff like that or Black Lives Matter, anything that's promoted with this, they then say, we need to boycott this. It, it, it'll get, so what they're doing is claiming you can't cancel our things or we're going to cancel yeah. anything that has anything to do with it. So I really... I really don't get it. Yeah. I know. I get exactly what you mean. It's all, um, we tend to find as well, and I don't mean, again, this isn't, you know, it, it, we, we, again, before we, we, we had our little meeting where we were talking about these things, and I said to you, um, you know, why is Nathan not here when we're talking about these things as a person of, uh, of, of colour who is able to turn around and, and give us a, a fair and an honest opinion on these things, whereas we, don't really get the same just you know of what people, certain people have been through um and i think the fact of the matter is, is that what you find is that half the time people who are upset are not even the people who are mm -hmm. affected yeah you know I, i've seen it before do you remember um do you remember gollywogs yes Yes, yeah. I, in the pub that I used to work in, my uh, the owner of the pub was from that generation. He was from the the generation of you know remembering what they were, remembered the adverts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he he used to collect them and he put them up around the pub. And it you know lots of people would come in and they'd find it funny or they'd sit there and they'd go, hey, it's Gollywog or hey, this, hey, that. But the fact of the matter is that one person would come in and go, that's racist. And they're not even, they're not even of that, you know, what they're associating it with. Oh, that's a, you know, that's racist because it's a black man. You're not even black, mate. You've got nothing to do with you. Yeah, it is difficult. Like, a lot of people will find things to be <clears throat> um, triggered by, if that's the right word, or... Triggered! Everyone, <laughs> everyone feels they need to have an opinion on everything nowadays. Mm. It's like where we say about the Mr. Chairhead. I haven't got a clue what they're on about with that one. I'm not interested. I've got no opinion on it. But there's certain things where obviously where you hear the news or you'll read an article and things like that. The one thing we struggle with in the UK is we no longer get news. <clears throat> what we get in the Daily Mail and even, you know, on the right wing stream and the left wing is this is how you should feel about this. So yeah. you know when you see the the um, like with the Mega Marker one, the front page of their mail was "What have they done?" And mm -hmm. so instantly the question becomes, "What have they done wrong by doing the interview?" Rather than, 
what about what actually happened and things like that? So people automatically get this premise of how to feel about it. It's no longer, here's the news, decide for yourself. It's how to feel about it. And yeah, I think that's the one thing we really struggle with now. I think, it's, I think with everyone, you no longer get the information on it. You get told, this is how you're going to feel. Be angry about this. It's like the whole Brexit. It's like a Brexit, you know, the whole thing. There was no facts to it whatsoever. There was absolutely no facts. The whole you, bus that came around. This, this, this personally hurts you, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It really bugs me because although when it came to around the time, I couldn't make a decision either way. I was really, yeah. but that's because there was no, the, the Leave campaign were a lot stronger than the Stay campaign. The people yeah, who are saying yeah. stay in the thing. You had mm -hmm. two buses going round. You had one saying 350 million to the NHS, which sounded brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone with a look at that, anyone with the same mind would have gone, that's a good idea. And then you had another bus coming back saying bollocks to Brexit. That's not really strong. <laughs> yeah. going. 350 million to the NHS or bollocks to Brexit. Hmm. Yeah. What am I going to pick on that side? And then obviously they started using the propaganda and things like that, and that's and they started to emote the feeling rather than rather I think than. I've told you this before. I don't know why you believed in somebody who looks like he just stole Christmas. <laughs> oh, he's oh, no. stepped away from politics now, apparently. Oh, he stepped away from politics so many times, and it's this is the other thing that gets me. These whole um, this whole cancel culture, right? Right. The, the amount of time I turn on the TV or read the news where people are saying how their voices are being cancelled or their voices are being sub, um, suppressed. Mm. Now, I've seen them on, I've heard them on the radio, I've heard them on podcasts, I've seen them in the articles and I've seen them on the news. Mm. They, have had, <laughs> they have been a lot noisier than the people who haven't been cancelled. This sort of thing really bugs me because I'm like, I've heard more of you saying you can't speak than I have of people who aren't actually speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like that. it really confuses me. Right. <laughs> it's like you WhatsApping me and saying my WhatsApp's broken. Yeah. No, it's not. You're messaging me. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can get through to you. <laughs> yes, you have. Okay, it might be broken. No, you're talking to me. I'm, I'm very well. Sure, I'm pretty sure something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Like opinion, like again. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, do you know what? Actually, it's, it's funny you mentioned about the um, uh, with the Brexit, the, the with the two buses kind of thing, because um, mm -hmm. there is um, a couple of campaigns that have been going around, especially about something that happened um, at the end of last week, um, which was about the the girl um, Sarah Sarah Everan. Um, who went missing and then was found uh, later on um, by the police. And the campaign, for me, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's correct, if that makes any sense. And that's just as a, as a father kind of thing. Um, there are other ones which are uh, funnier, I'll get into them in a minute, but this one's, this one's pretty serious. And it's basically um, the words that say, um, protect your daughter with a line through it and then underneath it says educate your son mm. i'm not basically the whole story the whole story is that this girl um who was walking home from 
walking home from the from work um, was taken and abducted and, and murdered, um, and then later later on found. Um, it's a horrible story. The heart goes out to anyone who's directly affected by this, um, especially you know her family. But I basically the campaign is kind of a little bit more along the lines of well, men are at fault. Women should feel safe enough to walk home in the dark um, through a park. Now, don't get me wrong, they should feel safe. should feel safe anywhere. Anyone should feel safe anywhere. But that's the point. Anyone should feel safe. And it's not my son's fault. It's not your son's fault. It's not anyone else's son's fault that one nutter was out there who needed, who obviously needed some kind of help and needed to be educated, which I guess is the right way of, of putting it out there, um, not to take people and chop them up, regardless of whether that is a man or a woman. Does that make any sense? Yes. Um, I, I, I just don't feel like it was, it's been correctly portrayed, is the right way of putting it. I mean, it, it, I get it because in this circumstance, it wasn't. This was a man. It was a man who did this to to a, a younger woman, and that younger woman should feel safe walking home from work. And every woman should feel safe walking home from work. It's not all men's fault, though. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I want to tread really carefully on this one. I know. I, yeah, I know. I have a habit of of, of saying things. Um, I, I just take the Jeremy Clarkson part of my brain out for like five <laughs> seconds. Um, I, I, you know, I, I totally get it. I, I'm sort of stuck in that limbo of, I remember, I'm not trying to change the subject, but if I remember Black Lives Matter, the whole mm. that came out of All Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, people saying, we're not saying that all lives don't matter, we're saying Black Lives Matter just as equally. Mm. And, you know, when we say, when you say everyone should feel safe walking home, yeah, of course. Absolutely, everyone should. There should mm-hmm. be, you know, we should all be safe. Yeah. I, it's really, I mean, I, I get where they say it, it shouldn't be cross out the line of protect your daughter, uh, protect your daughter or, or however it works. Yeah, of course, they'll do that. And educate your son. Yeah, but bring them up in the right way, you know, to respect people, to look after people, to help people yeah. and things like that. Yeah. You know, the... Uh, just be a decent human being. You know, there, there was a perfect line that I said, there should be one life rule that says, try not to be a cunt. Mm. And that's, you know, if you if you box things in as much as possible and say, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, mm. it's really difficult. It, it, you know, I can't think of someone where, if you, it's trying to put your mindset into the person that would do it as well. I can't think is if if all of a sudden some triggers in your mind where you're like I'm gonna follow her, and then yeah, you're like oh I wonder if I could get away with this. If you had that sort of thing in your mind, where would you go to seek help? <laughs> where would you sit there and go? You know, I'm a little bit worried about what I'm thinking here, or anything yeah. like that. Because I can't go to if I text you going, I feel like following someone. I'm pretty sure the block button would be followed very quickly. Or you'd go. I mean, yeah. Given the fact that we've been friends for so long, or whatever, I would, I would probably do my best to get you help 
but that's just between me and you. However, if it was somebody <laughs> who I was like, you know, well, we weren't as close, I get what you're saying. I, I do understand what you're saying. I mean, the whole... Yeah. It, this isn't the thing is is that we're not taking anything away from what actually happened because this is a tragedy. It happens, you know, and it's, it's absolutely horrible that it's happened to her and her family. But this has been happening for uh, yeah. many years, mm-hmm. recorded across many different countries and across different sexes. There have been, you know, fe- female serial killers. There have been male serial killers. There have been and and there are things that you read and listen to. Um, did you ever watch the most recent one? Was about um, Richard Ramirez. It's called Night Stalker, and it's on uh, Netflix. No, I haven't seen it. Um, it it's a, a true to life. Well, it, it, I mean, it's a documentary that basically follows these two police officers um, mm-hmm. through what they were doing in the seventies, trying to find a serial killer called the Night Stalker. Who was basically yeah. like one of these people that we we just talked about, you know, has those thoughts and feelings, has, goes to the dark place, does horrible things to people, not just women, men as well, you know, it, it could be anyone kind of thing. And it's it is a bit of a uh, these people need help and they need to find it in the right way. But I just don't know. You know, it, 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 everyone sort of jumped on this bandwagon of. Educate your children. Mm-hmm. They must be because they're, you know, in the future they're going to be the problem. Well, yeah, you're right. In the future, one out of about a hundred of them might have a dark tendency. Mm-hmm. But it's not everyone. <laughs> no, it certainly isn't everyone. I, I, I mean, you've probably got more examples, and I've, I've read a few, but um, I'll, I'll let you go on to those. But um, it is. It's like I was saying, where, where would you go and find the spot? If someone's found stalking someone, and I, I've spoken to people who have had stalkers, but I've spoken to females before, mm-hmm. if I've spoken to a male, we've had a stalker before. Yeah. And certainly had the weird, and, you know, I, I think uh, Kieran actually shared a, a tweet earlier to us, where someone mm. was going, every single male is like this. And yeah. I like to think I've not been. <laughs> I like yeah, to think exactly. I've been a fairly, fairly decent human being. I might make a wrong joke every now and then and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, it's it's again like I was going on to where if you if you did have that sort of mindset and everything's about at the moment is where would you go to help for it? So if someone's been convicted of stalking or um, harassment or anything like that, is there any process that they get put into apart from maybe put on a list? Is there anything like that where you could sit there and go, okay, well, you're feeling this way, how do you how do you change it, stuff like that? Or is that person then determined to then go on and and up the scale? Because nobody starts with the highest level. No, Everyone no. always works their yeah. way there. So there must be a, a point where someone can come in and, uh, and you know, as much as educa- educating children, that's a long-term solution. That that helps a future generation. For, for the people who are actually in fear now, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? There must be there must be a part of the process. I should really get into politics. <laughs> there there <laughs> should be a, a, a middle ground somewhere where you can sit there and go. At the first sign of something, we need to get you into into something to say to stop this. Yeah. Rather than just um, you're on the list or this is happening or this is happening, bang, mm-hmm. back into society. I um uh, again, yeah, we all follow different forms of media and things like that. I I gain. Quite a lot. I like 
I like playing video games. One of the most recent ones I was playing was a Batman game. Um, and basically part of it was just like an asylum mm-hmm. or a, you know, just putting somebody on a register or just turning around and putting somebody somewhere and just going, just go shush over there. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't rehabilitate mm-hmm. people. It doesn't get people out there. It doesn't, you know, they don't get to see a doctor. They don't get to do this. They don't get to do that. You know, they get to yeah. get pigeonholed into a box and then fucked off somewhere so that maybe you're out of society's life. Um, uh-huh. And it, it's not helping anyone. That, for me, if there was a campaign where, where they would turn around and say, this is what we want to do. This is where we want to treat mental illnesses regardless of whatever they are. You know, this is how we think that we should do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. The technology's out there. I mean, um, you know, if you watch, uh, if, if you've ever sort of seen the, the one that I was telling you about with the, the Night Stalker, um, they've got a, a whole team within the FBI in, yeah, in America, which is basically down to behavioral analysis. Yeah. You can't tell me the technology is not there. You know, if, it's, if we're able to do that after they've committed the crime, mm-hmm. why can we not have people in place you know, with younger generations or with people in society where they can feel free to come along and speak to people and go, I have these thoughts, I feel like this, I feel like doing that, and I feel like this, and then we can move them, we can get them the help that they need. Yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, we're so... Fair enough. Yeah, there's a point you made earlier where you said mm. politics is so far behind the time. And right now, I, I, I've written um, to, to Boris and the Secretary of State in regards to the legislation around uh, domestic and sexual abuse to try and improve the legislation and the law around it. Because the things like where we're talking about with stalking and harassment, mm. they have, from the moment it happens, the, per- the victim has six months to report and convict the person. Um, through because it only goes through magistrates' court as it's then, right. and they will not extend that for love nor money. And that's one thing we're trying to work out at the moment is that you know it takes someone time to recover and to build up the confidence to be able to speak. Mm. So when you're when you're sitting there and somebody, if somebody doesn't speak up, that person then moves on to another person, or they move up the scale and move to the next thing with either that yeah. person or the next person. And this is why we was trying to we was trying to work on the legislation because if if it takes time for someone to be able to speak up, then um, that person's already progressing up the scale as it was. And this is why I'm saying yeah. that something needs to come in at this point, and you need some process in place. But you know, with the amount of police resources you got, the amount of law, the the way the law's written, and things like that, it's mm-hmm. not up to time. No, Although you say we've got the technology, it's always that adage of. But we don't want to spend the money. Yeah, and they'll always point towards a million other things that they don't have money for, or they have got to spend the money on mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's a bit it's like when helpful. they, whenever you hear about like you know, terrorist attacks and things, where, mm-hmm. where they'll turn around afterwards and be like, "Yes, we hope we were monitoring the situation. Mm-hmm. We, weren't, we weren't monitoring it close enough because if you were, you would realise that, that person was about to go and do something stupid." But, yeah. Um, it just um the, what I was going getting at the whole um kind of having a either a slogan or a, a, a what's what it would call like a not an advert uh a, basically like a, a I guess an advert is the best way, but having an advert that doesn't really speak to what you're what you're trying to promote or what you're trying to get across. Have you seen the the latest Iceland one? No. 
<laughs> so um, it's a, a TikTok. What is it? TikTok or is it, is it something on? I can't remember. My girlfriend showed me it, and I was cracking up because the the, the hashtag on it is um, Deep Pan Album Party. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you read it with mm. uh, as deep with two P's, that suddenly turns into um, deep anal bum party. <laughs> Brilliant, they put that one well. I don't. Yeah, when you sit there, you're like, who signed off on this? <laughs> who was in that meeting that did not realise? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Um, That's one of the things... One of the things that's happened uh, today, this is a final little thought um, that I, I thought I'd bring up. Um, and it kind of ties in a little bit to the whole getting with the times kind of thing. Um, and it's very rare that we speak about sports. Um, but uh, the, the Sheffield United at the moment are at the bottom of the Premier League. And today, their manager, um, Chris Wilder, has left the club. Now, um, we were talking about this today over over WhatsApp with with Kieran and with um, Nathan as well um, about the entire situation. We were trying to speculate actually what's happened, but I heard on the radio um, apparently with sources um, they were going to bring in a director of football and take away his uh, kind of take away the whole you know, you're buying these players, you're doing this, you've got X amount of money, blah blah blah. And he didn't want that. What he wanted is he wanted to um, he wanted complete control of the club. And it kind of got me thinking. I was like, in what job would you ever sit there and be like, I can't get with the times, so I'm out. If somebody come up to you and was just like, you're not performing right now, but we don't blame you. So instead, we're going to give you all of these tools that everyone else has to Mm. make your life better and easier and you can get back to doing what you're doing and all this kind of stuff give you the second chance that you need and you're just going to sit there now I'm laughing yeah it's a funny way of putting it actually you know it doesn't it, it doesn't add up the entire situation when you're sitting there like uh, I said to you as well didn't I the guy um, the guy who owns Sheffield United had actually come out and um, backed Chris Wilder a couple of weeks back he was like this is my guy you know I believe in him he's got us all He's got us this far. And uh, Chris Wilder in the next interview was like, he doesn't support me. He's never here. I've got no, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be here. Who knows what the plans are, blah, blah, and, and just really dug him out. Of it. And I'm like, if you did that to your boss tomorrow, how mm-hmm. do you expect to be in a job the following day? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. There's, there you go. I think we've all had times and we've all gone through moments where hmm. we've wanted to, say something to the manager. We also won't say something to the boss. We don't, we've all had the technical limitations. We've all had um, certain things with our job. Nothing's going to be perfect. But um, you, you understand the way things work. You know what you can get away with. You know what you can say. And you know where, where the line is. And you learn that very quickly with certain people. And then you push the line back a little bit. And a little bit more. <laughs> you get away with everything. Um, but, then you can yeah. move, move to a different department. <laughs> you become somebody else's problem. Yeah, and now I've got to move the line again. My God. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting, mate. I, I 
I can understand why. If you just looked at the concept of where they are in the table and where where they have been and how they performed and stuff like that, yeah, he deserved the time, but they are so far short at the moment. Mm-hmm. And without the complete context, if you were to look at it on the factual of where they are and where they should be, yeah, okay, maybe it's time for a change. But I don't know, if you were to dig someone out, of course, you, you're going to expect a bit of If I went and laid my line on the, if I went and laid it on the line for someone, and then they went, oh, he doesn't do anything for me, I'd be like, well, fuck you too. Yeah. If I have the option to get rid of you, guess what, mate? Yeah, exactly. My ideas, off you go. Yeah, and and I think because the thing is, is that it was you know, talk sport, you know, the the phone and things like that, and. And all these Sheffield United fans were sort of calling up, praising Chris Wilder as the Messiah. And I was like, he painted his whole in fact. The guy mm-hmm. is, the guy is a completely lost the spot at work. It's like I said, if you go into work tomorrow, uh, you know, not start of it tomorrow, you, you know, you've, you've been working amazingly for the past couple of months. And then tomorrow it suddenly starts going downhill and then it follows on from there and you end up just, spiraling into oblivion to a point where you are like oh my god you know i'm gonna lose these contracts whether it you know whatever walk of life you're in lose these contracts and lose this can't do that i'm gonna do you know i haven't got this i haven't got that not then can turn around to your manager and then be like well you didn't you you you're <laughs> not given me the tools to do my job you know, yeah your you know the fact of the matter is there might be a unmitigated answers it might be that this you've upset this person or this has happened or the economy did this or something else happened but you're never going to turn around and be like my manager he's he's just painting his own yeah i mean we have both worked for the same company at the same time where we have been told in one month that we have broken the sales records yes (laughs) for the next month to go for a redundancy season Mm-hmm. And try and put the two, two, two and two together. And until you go to the director's house and see what it's like, you, you, you there, then it makes four. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one thing. But again, you don't say anything because you know at that time you're like, well, I need the job. Exactly. I need to do what I'm doing. I know. It just makes you wonder. The whole you know, football's just on a completely different playing field to the rest of the world. I've said this mm-hmm. to you before, Andre. If it was the, if you were to bring them back down to earth. They just it, 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 they'd get a rude awakening. Yeah. Mhm. I mean, it's like when you see the old play, uh, the the players from the sixties and the seventies and stuff like that, and they used to play for seventy quid and stuff yeah. like that. And, yeah. and and you know, when wherever they got injured, the man would run on run on with a fish and chip newspaper with covered in vinegar <laughs> and run up the leg. Um, and his old cloth hat and his cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and that was the physio. And and yeah, I quite it, like it when you when you watch them knocking lumps out of each other. And nowadays, it's just a light little breeze, and they they're over. Um, it's brilliant, ain't it? It's like um, uh, it reminds me. It reminds me of the difference. You know the the one we sent with each other yesterday about the pubs in America, and yeah. the pubs in the UK. Yeah. This this bit of time ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that. I I genuinely. You're gonna have to post it. You have to post it somewhere, whether it's in uh, on online somewhere i still can't believe that america does not have that many pubs they have to have more pubs mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have to go over there and open more pubs this is why um, people in central america have guns is because they do not have pubs 
if there was more pubs, there'd be less guns. <laughs> more pubs, less guns. There you go. That's the next slogan for the um the, the Democrat Party. No, wait, the Democrat. Yeah, Democrat. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's the next slogan for more pubs, less guns. Um, mm-hmm. So what we like to do towards the end of this, we always end it off with a question, um, based on yeah, a little light-hearted question that we bring up to one another in order to kind of get bring it back to being a bit more human um and i wanted to ask you because you were you've just reminded me of something while you were walking around your house trying to find some notes beforehand um mm-hmm. what's the most frequent thing that you lose or the most frequent mistake that you make then afterwards think i'll oh, remember that next time and your brain still just can't can't grasp it's- it it's funny you say this because I, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, what word do you always spell wrong? And I couldn't remember what word it was that I always spell wrong. There is a word there and I cannot remember what it is for love nor money, but I go <laughs> to type it. Every time I go to type it, I go, how the fuck do you spell this thing again? <laughs> and it always goes out of my mind. Um, the thing I lose the most um, certainly isn't virginity. Um, <laughs> um, Play yourself up as a as a as a bachelor there, Paul. Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the at, at the beginning of all this, the face mask was the first thing where uh, you know you yeah. put it down and it goes into about 30, 40 different places. Mm-hmm. But I I have a very special habit where I keep losing my phone, and I keep losing it in my own hand because I'll be <laughs> on the phone speaking to someone. And they can hear me rustling around and they go, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking for my fucking phone. And they're like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, found it. Oh, I, I sit there and I, there's been two times now where I've just sat on my sofa. I cannot find it. I live in a studio apartment and I cannot find my phone. And I'll sit there and I'll have to wait for someone to text me because I can't ring myself. I can't text myself. I'm by myself. So I have to sit there and wait for someone to text me before I go, right, where was that? <laughs> in that corner of the room. I'm going over little, there. Little buzz. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna hate that. You're gonna hate that in the summer when the windows are open. You sit there like, I'd be. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's yeah. I think my phone is definitely it because I, I lose it in my own hand, let alone anywhere else. How about you? Oh, what, uh, what do you forget? I um, the, the, when it comes down to mistakes made, things that I, things that I forget, I always forget to close things. You, uh, um, not like, yeah, not like, uh, not like main doors or anything like that. But let's say, for instance, I go to a cupboard. Oh, close the door. Yeah, 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 sorry, close things, not close. Yeah, I thought you said close. You're walking outside and going, "I'm fucking naked." God, <laughs> it's cold out here. I'm <laughs> gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Then post it. Um, no, I. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've got a nasty habit of just leaving the cupboard door open or something like that and then walking out of the room and then coming back and being like, who left this cupboard door open? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's me. But the worst, I, I, I don't know if you remember this, I used to have a habit of locking my keys inside my car. Yes. Back in the day before it was central locking or that you yes. used to be able to put your, you know, you used to do it within sort of the, the handle, the, the, yeah, the key. And all that kind of stuff, or even on a key fob, yeah, used to hit the the door. The, right, get out, tap the door, close it. Where's the keys? <laughs> Back in the car. You're like, oh, no, I, I, I did that. I think I did that about ten times in a space of about two years. 
I just could not grasp it for love nor money. My mum genuinely hated me because I was like, <laughs> here's, your, here's the spare key. Can you help me out? And it would be like the worst times. She'd be, go, she'd be on her way to work and I'd get a phone. Um, <laughs> um, I've done it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, didn't, you, didn't one of the windows break on the Daihatsu? And you have yes. to put a perfect wind in, window in. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I, I a long journey up to Orton Towers with that. Where <laughs> quite a long journey, and um, you know, who's on being, the driver's side? I don't know what your pass. I don't know what you were you were upset about. You were on the passenger side because because I had to laugh so much it hurt my tummy when we decided to have a nice little cigarette, listening to a bit of Nickelback, and somebody went to go flick out their window, and the window did not open. <laughs> the window was solidly there, and it bounced back onto them. Yeah. Oh dear, that was tough. Weird, weird <laughs> enough. Yeah, that was one of my more dim moments, definitely. Um, well, look, thank you very much for, for coming out. I'm sorry that it wasn't as um, entertaining as, as the last podcast we had, but I, I really don't know how much more we can talk about um, OnlyFans. And, and if I hear the the, the phrase, if I hear the phrase of, of knuckles up again, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, what uh, we're saying, this has been a smut-free episode. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I thought I'd try and elevate. <laughs> try and elevate what we've been doing. Because yep. the last one was definitely shooting the breeze. Um, <laughs> so, look, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, please go and subscribe to us on uh, on all of the social medias of Twitter and Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook account somewhere. Um, you can uh, email us direct, uh, which is at dadnamic at gmail.com. Yep, that's the one. Thank you very much. Um, we are, uh, this is available as a podcast, which you can find us on um, the, uh, we can find us on Spotify, uh, Anchor. Uh, are we on the Apple Store? Uh, yes, yes, we're on all, all good places where you can find um, podcasts right. and on YouTube. Exactly. We're now a, a vlog, as it were, <laughs> the lingo that the kids have. So go and onto YouTube, um, hit that, um, hit the like button, give us a, give us a subscribe and, and ring the bell so that you can stay up to date with all of our, um, with all our antics. Uh, but thank you very much, Paul. Um, and and uh, say, say goodbye. Yes, thank you very much. And if you are listening to us on one of the podcast sites, it is worth coming onto YouTube just to see what Tits is wearing on a on a weekly basis. Thank you very much. But thank I you do try. Much. This is this is becoming a thing now. I'm gonna I'm gonna aim to to bring out something new every week. I mean, it makes me want to play the Game Boy Game Boy again. Um, but yeah, well done. Thank you very much, buddy. It's a pleasure to speak to you again. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thank you.